Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Thanks for tuning in again for another episode of Alabama AgCast. I'm Hunter McBrayer, Executive Director of the Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association and Commodity Division Director for the Greenhouse Nursery Sod and Bean Honey Divisions for the Alabama Farmers Federation. Uh, I'm very excited to have our guest on today, Miss Taylor Hatchett of Boozer Farms. Taylor has been farming up there for a pretty good long time, and she's just rotated out of the position as president of the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. So, Taylor, thanks for taking a little bit of time to spend with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, uh, before we kind of get into it, we've got a lot of folks in the central part of Alabama that's probably uh, very aware of what y'all do. But tell us a little bit about you and your farm and, and how you kind of came to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we are a small farm. And it, so it always, like when you say people are aware of us, I always... It catches me off guard when I go somewhere and someone recognizes Boozer Farm. Um, we uh, are a, a family-run farm, but it kind of started in reverse. So instead of growing up on a farm that I you know, now run, um, I actually started a farm and my dad was able to retire from his career and join me at the farm and, and then also my mother. We operate a sod farm as well as fruit and vegetables. So we do probably roughly 40 acres or so of sod. And then we have... I would say around 15 acres um, that are in various stages of production for fruit and vegetables. So not all 15 are in, in production at, at one time. Um, we grow a wide variety of, of fruits and vegetables, um, not a high volume of any one particular item, but we try to have lots of different things to offer. Well, you mentioned that your your dad and mom come to work with you, and, and I'll say uh, that you have a unique employee on your on your farm that not a lot of other people would have. Uh, your your dad, Bobby Boozer, was the state fruit specialist for a pretty good long time. Worked for Extension, and so that's a pretty good hire on your part, if I must uh, say so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, the, there would be no farm if if it weren't for dad. He is as far as the production of the the fruits and vegetables go, and even the turf grass uh, as well. Um, he is definitely the, the brains behind that. And a lot of times I'll, I'll have people ask me or, or just assume that I grew up on a farm. And while I didn't grow up, we, we didn't do farming on our own. I was always around farming because of dad's position um, with, with Auburn and with the Alabama Cooperative Extension System. So it was very common for me to get to go on uh, farm visits and help him, or not, I certainly wasn't helping him, but ride along with him as he would go to visit with growers and try to help them with issues that they were having. Well, I, I know that that's, uh, and it's got to be pretty special that uh, you now have brought him back to the farm, I guess, is a, is a way to say that. And, and of course, uh, your whole family there working. So um, you mentioned that y'all do, and it always surprises me whenever I see you set up at a farmer's market or something along those lines, uh, how diversified y'all are. I've seen of course, peaches and strawberries and blueberries and blackberries. Um, y'all do a, a couple of pretty unique things, I think, uh, on y'all's farm that you won't always see at everybody else's. You want to talk about that for a second? Uh, yeah, as far as the crops that we grow. Yeah, so we, um, because we do a, a good bit of our marketing through CSA, I think, which is, stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and it's essentially where you have um, members or customers that, that purchase a share, and then they get a box every week that is an assortment of fruits and vegetables. And so because that is how we market so much of our produce, um, I realized early on that we needed pretty diverse and unique boxes. If it's just exactly what they can go to the grocery store and pick, 
there may not be a whole lot of a, appeal there sometimes. Um, so we try to have, you know, specialty peppers, specialty tomatoes, specialty eggplant, um, just unique items that you aren't going to walk into a grocery store uh, and find. Um, we've oftentimes, we had a variety of nectarines that was a white flesh variety that's not a great I mean, you almost need to stand next to the tree and eat it. It certainly wouldn't be a shipping fruit, so it would never be a variety that you would find in a grocery store, but our CSA members were able to enjoy it um, through their boxes. So we do try to, to grow um, unique varieties and things that maybe aren't well-suited for grocery stores or for shipping, but are great for fresh market consumption. Since you brought up the CSA uh, side of y'all's business, tell us a little bit, you know, we're we're in the midst still uh, of, of, uh, of a pandemic that's change the way consumers look at their food in a lot of ways. Going back earlier part of the year, um, people were a little bit nervous. They, the grocery shelves at the grocery store looked a little bit different than what they were used to. You know, there was times when, when shelves were empty, and unfortunately, and it, and it made people a little bit nervous. So tell me a little bit about maybe how COVID-19 has affected your business and how y'all been able to pivot and, and still keep up with the changing market. Yeah, well, we have been very fortunate. I have friends that are in other industries that the story they would tell would be quite different from mine. Um, but being in the agriculture industry and, and specifically being a fruit and vegetable producer, um, I think that uh, probably the majority, at least certainly the majority that I've talked to in our state, um, it we have seen a increase in interest um, from consumers in buying local and buying fresh. So I would say that demand for 2020 um, – probably, you know, because of the pandemic, certainly, was increased. Um, there were challenges, you know, that we faced because of it. We had worker issues getting workers here early on. Uh, we had farmers markets to shut down. Um, our primary market was with the hospital system in Birmingham. And um, that's, you know, we had a five-day-a-week farmers market that day one shut down. You know, they, they very quickly had to go to um, essential personnel only. And as essential as farming and food is, we are not essential in a hospital. So we got the call very quickly that the farm stand um, would have to be shut down for the time being. And uh, because of that, we really ramped up our CSA program. So we um, and saw a huge interest. I mean, we went from, you know, a normal spring. We would normally limit our membership to maybe 75 uh, members um, to 150 for spring. 250 for summer and then additional in addition to the CSA boxes we were also offering pop-up boxes and direct to home or door-to-door -door deliveries and pickup locations for people that were high risk and needed a contactless pickup and that saw you know a, a great increase so there were weeks that we were doing anywhere from 450 to 500 boxes um, a week which allowed us to make up for the loss of those face-to-face -face farmers markets. I remember talking to you back uh, midsummer, I guess, and we were kind of discussing how things were. I was, of course, worried about all of my growers that I work with and making sure that it was going to be a case where they, they were able to, to pull through. And it actually was, hey, we're trying to figure out how to grow more vegetables, how to plant more um, because of the demand. And and I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Ellie Watson on from Sweet Girl in Alabama. And, and I think she said it so well, it's just refocus the way that people think about food when you can go down the street or even in, in your case people are ordering from a little bit further away you know uh, you know 20 30 40 miles in fact um, that y'all are delivering some of these to it still makes a difference when they are buying a csa box from y'all it's probably been touched by the person that picked it 
maybe the person that put it in the box and then it's them and mm-hmm. versus uh you know the rest of the food chain and and of course we're all family and agriculture across the country but on the other side of that um it really made people kind of kind of refocus on that so that's right and i think you had some fears too you know in america we're very fortunate although there are certainly food insecurities in in regions as a a whole, most of us don't worry about having enough to eat. And I think early on in the pandemic, when there was so much uncertainty, there was fear of not even having adequate food. Um, And so a lot of people really wanted to tie into their their local farms to make sure that if those shelves in the grocery store started to look bare or things were unavailable, that they had a direct line to to, to local high-quality produce. Well, Taylor, there's something else I wanted to bring up that was kind of unique that y'all did uh, this year was y'all did the the gardens to go. I think it was y'all had a couple uh, did a couple different ways where people could kind of tell you what they wanted to grow in their own garden, and you would start some plants. Can you talk about that for us? Yeah, so that was um so part of what I love about agriculture is education. I um think that it is very important and vital to the health of our country that people understand where their food comes, how food is produced, what all goes into it. Um, You know, there's a a lot of things we can do without, and food is not on that list. Um, And I think the more educated people are about that, the the stronger our food system can be. And so as part of that, I don't want to just grow food and, and, or grow, you know, crops and give food to people. I also think it's important to help them to know how to do that. And we had a lot of, a lot of people that wanted to start gardens for the first time this year. And so um, we did the gardens to go, which was a lot of fun. We had 50 cell trays, uh, flats, and we could do an assortment of um, fruit, or excuse me, vegetable uh, transplants in those that we started for people. They could customize them. Um, We could also, we knew the best varieties of certain things that they needed to plant, and then we're able to provide instructions on the prep, the planting, and then the care and maintenance and harvesting of of that crop. So that was a lot of fun and something that we're looking forward to uh, repeating again in 2021. Yeah, I I think that that was probably one of the more unique ideas from any farm that I I heard. And it's almost counterintuitive as to what a lot of people would think. You think, well, I want to grow more vegetables. If more people are wanting to buy it or whatever else, I want to fill that gap. Most people that are in agriculture are not thinking, I want people to start growing their own food, too. Uh, But that's a a pretty unique business model. Well, and you know, you're never going to grow, well, I won't say no one will, but the vast majority of people are not going to grow everything that they need. But they can take the 10 tomatoes that they produce off of their plant in a season and combine it with where they now want to come and get their tomatoes and and have what they need. So I don't think... um, that you hurt yourself at all in your business. I think the more people that, if anything, you probably end up with customers who have a lot greater appreciation of how that basket of tomatoes came to be um, once they've tried their hand at it themselves. Well, I, I think that that's, uh, like I said, I think that that was one of the more unique things. And I think that it's it's almost a, a positive feedback, right? You sell them something, you help them along the way, establish that relationship. And that's what agriculture... So we had people yeah. that would take pictures of what they harvested. And one sent it to me and she said, you know, your grandchildren are doing so great. And it was little little squash that she had harvested uh, off of her plant. So they really had a lot of fun fun with that. It was a great way to involve the entire family in producing food. Well, I, 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 like I said, it, it was a great idea, and I was I was excited to see uh, the way that, that that worked for y'all. So I mentioned earlier you're moving into the past president position for the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association, which is an affiliated association of Alabama Farmers Federation. What did, over your two-year tenure, of course, we had some ups and downs in the way that we were able to, to do business. Did you see, or how did it feel to 
be able to represent fruit and vegetable growers for the state, you know, in, in that role? Oh, it's a huge honor and something that I feel highly unqualified um, to do. I, you know, I look when we have our meetings and when we have our board meetings and our conference, I look at a room full of, of men and women who I admire and respect and growers that, um, you know, I think are probably top-notch growers that I'd put up against anybody in, in our country. And um, so it was an honor to, to get to serve as president, to, to see the inner workings of that association, and uh, to be able to work with a group who's so passionate about helping to um, promote and work and support um, our, our fruit and vegetable growers in the state of Alabama. Well, I know that everybody was very proud. You you said you didn't uh, feel necessarily qualified. I think you were incredibly qualified for it. You served our growers well. And, uh, of course, we all will look forward to working with you as you roll into past president. And, of course, I'm sure we'll have you back on the board um, at some point Absolutely. In the future. I, I plan to still stay very involved with the association. Well, uh, to wrap us up, tell us, Taylor, a little bit about, for those people that aren't necessarily here in, in uh, central Alabama, how can they find out a little bit more about your farm and, and some of the products? That yeah, you well, our Facebook page is a great way to keep up with us. Um, we try really hard to, you know, keep pictures and updates of what we've got going on. Uh, so Boozer Farms is, is where you can find us on Facebook. Our website or our farm store where CSAs can be ordered and, and our value-added products um, is boozerfarms.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram. Well, Taylor, thanks again for taking a little bit of time with us today. I know it's, you know, a lot of people think that, that vegetable and, and fruit and vegetable industry kind of runs the same schedule as a as a summer garden, and that is far from the case. And, and so uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time away from the farm to, to talk to us about some things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, that'll do it for today. Again, I'm Hunter McBrayer, Alabama AgCast. We've had Taylor Hatchet on today with us. And uh, until next time, thank you. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. Hello, this is Brian Harden with the Alabama Farmers Federation, Director of Governmental and Agricultural Programs. As the Alabama Farmers Federation wraps up 2020, we are looking forward to our centennial year in 2021. Next month marks 100 years since farmers gathered in Auburn on a January day in 1921 to organize what is now the Alabama Farmers Federation. To commemorate the centennial, the Federation kicked off a year-long celebration at our annual meeting earlier this month. Throughout 2021, the Federation will honor the past as it prepares for the future. Centennial activities are being planned for events including the Commodity Organization Conference, Young Farmers Conference, Women's Leadership Conference, Alabama Farm and Land Expo, and our annual meeting. In addition, the Federation and its economic development partners expect to break ground on the Alabama Farm Center at Alpha Centennial Park in Chilton County. The 500-acre complex will be home to arenas and multi-use spaces for hosting state, regional, and national events, including livestock exhibitions, trade shows, and entertainment. During the year, Federation members will enjoy special features about the Federation's heritage in their neighbor's magazine. Each month, the people, 
programs, and past accomplishments which have defined the Federation's first 100 years will be highlighted. You will see an upgraded cover on all 2021 issues and a commemorative edition in December of 2021 that will be a special keepsake. While the Federation is reflecting on a century of service, Alpha Insurance will celebrate its 75th anniversary. Founded in 1946 by Federation members who needed affordable fire insurance for their homes and farms, Alpha is now a $4 billion company with more than a million policies across three states. To quote Jimmy Parnell, president of the Alabama Farmers Federation, Our core values of faith, family, community, and integrity were cultivated in the fields and forests of our founders. Today, we are guided by those same values as we serve our policyholders, respond to claims, and demonstrate how Alpha cares. Alpha Insurance's Diamond Celebration will include special activities at its home office in Montgomery and recognition during programs for agents, customer service representatives, claims adjusters, and managers. Follow the Alabama Farmers Federation and Alpha Insurance on social media for details about the anniversary observances. If you are not a member of your county Farmers Federation, 2021 is a great time to join us as we enter an exciting new century of service and advocacy for farmers. To learn how to become a member, visit alphafarmers.org. Thank you. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.